Party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week I am joined by friend of the show, podcaster, game designer, wonderful human being, Alex Flanagan, for a very special game of an angelical year in the angelical life of an angelical cat. The Angelical Life is a very special game. It's very, it, it combines two things that are close to my heart and close to Alex's heart. Honestly, once I read uh, The Angelical Life, Alex was the only person I could really envision playing it with because it combines uh, the world of David Lynch-esque uh, horror stories, uh, such as Twin Peaks, with Cats. Broadway musical, 2019 masterpiece film by Tom Hooper, Cats. <laughs> It is about cats in an otherworldly hellish afterlife, an ever-expanding city outside of time, who really can only interact through dance battle. This game absolutely owns. I loved playing it. I I loved, I'm so excited. I think you're going to love listening to it. It's good. It's a good game. Please go to the show notes to learn more about the Angelica Life. It's a real good game. Uh, you know Alex as a podcaster, you know her as the host of the Cryptic Keeper podcast, where she and Addison Peacock go over a different cryptid and its history every single episode. You know her as, uh, from A Horror Borealis, a Monster of the Week actual play set in the town of Revenant, Alaska. You know her from games like Coffee Detective. Alex is great. Treasure. One of my favorite people to podcast with. Uh, it made this episode particularly special. Uh, and with that, let's just go ahead and get into it, because I think it's really exciting, and I want you to hear this really masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And so, without any further ado, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so delighted to be joined for what is going to be a particularly special episode by a particularly special guest, my good friend, Alex Landing. And Alex, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Thanks for having me again, Jeff. I'm really, really excited to be here. This is, no joke, the best part of my day. Probably the best part of my week. Uh, this is going to be the best part of my day by uh, 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 probably a pretty wide margin, only because I think that we are going to truly create something special and magical here that I think is really, uh, I believe, as you put it, the culmination of both of our journeys as artists. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm willing to stand by that. I, I feel comfortable making that that promise, not even claim, that guarantee about yeah, this yeah. journey that we're going to go on together. Uh, before we get into that, though, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about all the cool stuff you've got going on that you want them to know about? Yeah, well, um, like many people, I don't know when this episode will air, but I'm assuming things won't have changed that much. I don't have all that much going on right now, but um, that's fair. Sort of digitally speaking and creatively, um, I'm Alex Flanagan. I am half of the Cryptid Keeper podcast, which you may have heard of. It airs on the Lunar Light Studio Network, and it is a podcast where Addison Peacock and myself um, discuss a new cryptid or mythological creature or folkloric being every week, which is always a lot of fun. And then I am also the game master for A Horror Borealis, which is a Monster of the Week actual play podcast on the One Shot Network. You can find me on Twitter at Coffee Detective, which is C-O-F-F-3-3 Detective after the game of the same name, which I designed. Perfect. Uh, I was going to mention that game if you didn't, because it's your Twitter handle, but I see you, you built that into your into your pitch. Well done. That's part of my brand now, yeah, so I just decided to lean fully into it. If you're not leaning fully into it, what's what What are you doing? There's literally no point otherwise. Speaking of leaning fully into it... Yeah, right? <laughs> let's segue into the game this week. Uh, so we are playing an angelical year in the angelical life of an angelical cat, or just the angelical life, which is a game of cats, dance battles, cosmic horror, existential ennui, and silly cat names. 
It is a two-player game designed for long-term multi-session play. We're going to take a glimpse into this sort of uh, haunted world of humanoid <laughs> cats. We're going to get it like is... maybe a solid angelical hour. <laughs> that might yeah, be about it's gonna as it's going to be an angelical hour. I think it's a good way to describe it. Um, so this is Cats 2019 director Tom Hooper meets David Lynch, which feels appropriate. That is exactly how you pitched it to me in the DMs, and it's all I need in life, probably ever. Uh, this this game was sent to us by the designer of Goat Song Publishing, sent this to us, and uh, I saw it and went, I mean, I, 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 I was, I, I, like I said to you, I almost didn't send it to you because I was like, <laughs> this feels too is on this point. Is too on point? Yeah, I, um, I have to admit, I, well, and I mentioned in the last episode that we did together how just like impressed and flattered and honored I was <laughs> by feeling so seen by the game choice for that particular episode that we did, which was in the air tonight, which is wonderful. It's probably my favorite episode of Party of One, if I'm being Thank honest. I, it's um, one of mine as well. <laughs> I really did love that. It was an amazing time. Um, but like that game felt so on brand and so like perfect and I felt so seen. But I have to say, like, this time when you just, like, directly messaged me and you're like, hey, how would you feel about a game that is just Cats and David Lynch? And I was like, oh, my God, what have I done that <laughs> this is how I can be perceived in the universe? Um, I love it. It's, it's, you know what? We all have to own, we all have to own ourselves in that moment <laughs> when, when, you know what, when you can't look away, when the universe looks in your direction. I had to take a long, hard look in the mirror that night. Yeah. Which is a very Lynchian image, so, you know, I'm, I feel like we're ready. Yeah, you stared in the mirror and a jellical cat stared back, sure. And a jellical cat stared back. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into the game. We're going to start. I'm going to give us a little bit of setting, and then we'll go ahead and start. Um, this is This takes place in the city. The city should not exist. Indeed, for an extended time, it did not. Uh... It is out of time and space. It is uh, bordered only by the void. It is a city outside of everything. Uh, its only purpose is to connect all of the other worlds, which leads everything to the city at some point. Sure. Specifically, it is home to the cats. Cats come here. Some would say after they die, some would say when they first wake up, some would say that cats have always been here. But cats find their way to the city where they walk on two legs and they they find that there are no people. There are there are roaches and rats, but there are no other animals. There is food in cabinets, but it's hard to say which cabinets contain the food. And it is here that the various uh, clouders of cats come together and they 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 scrounge and they scrap and they of course engage in huge rhythmic dance battles. Well, naturally, what else is a cat to do? Yeah, right. So, with that in mind, you are going to be creating a cat that has just sort of awoken in the city, mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to play out your first few adventures, and then we're going to see what happens. Um, to do that, uh, we're going to I'm going to ask you for a few pieces of information. Um. First off is your cat's uh, name, pronouns, and I will ask you also for, obviously, like, your cat's gimmick, right? Because we need to know what type of cat you are. Yeah, definitely. So I thought about this a little bit, and I don't have, like, any particularly strong images about this cat, but um, the name that came to me was uh, Mixter Persnicket. 
I think that uh, Mr. Persnicket is a, a a tomcat, but like sort of an a tomcat that's effeminate in the way that all cats are sort of somewhat effeminate. Yep. I like like I like cat gender. I like the gender of being a cat. I think that's neat. So I think Mr. Uh, Persnicket uses he him pronouns, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he is a male. Yeah. He is just a tomcat. Um, and I think that Persnicket's thing is that he. There's like a, a concept of the before life, right? Mm-hmm. Like before awakening in the city. I think that um, his thing is not necessarily that he came from like a particularly privileged life. I think wherever his life was before, he spent a lot of time outdoors, like maybe as much time outdoors as indoors. But I, I have this concept of him spending a lot of time on rooftops. Because I like the idea of a cat who's primarily sort of like prowling around on the rooftops or like sitting on balconies and sunning himself and like interacting with birds, suddenly awakening in like the dark underbellies of the streets. And like, so even if he's been a city cat before, that's a totally different viewpoint, right? Yeah. So um, the the name that I sort of have in mind is I just have this vision of him as Mixter Persnicket, the high rise cat. The high rise cat is, that's, fuck. And I think that's kind of his deal. Yeah. It's perfect. I love it. So, um, what is what is what is Mixter Persnickets? Um, what is his longing? What is the the one thing from the world before that drives him forward through the trials and tribulations of the city? Uh, we don't have to decide on this right now, but if you have an idea of the thing that he misses more than anything, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know that I have a strong concept of that yet. Okay, uh, that might be something that we sort of unearth a bit as we go on. I guess. Yeah. It depends on the nature of the city. Like, I know the city is not a specific city, but what kind of city is it? Is it like a, like a, because cities can be pretty different in character. Like, is it a a Venetian city with lots of like, you know, rivers and tunnels and alleyways? Or is it like more of a, uh, like a New York city? Is it just Pittsburgh because it's like weird in the middle of nowhere? Um, like what, so let me ask you, um, let's both just throw out a city and or a city detail. And then I think that'll kind of give us our starting place for like what the feel of it is. Oh, yeah. I love the idea of it being like a liminal in between like coexistence of two yeah. sort of juxtaposed things. The visual that I jump to is like neon. So I don't know Ooh, whether like that. that means... I don't think it's like full on like a, a cyberpunky neon. Like it's sure. definitely a very dirty. If it is cyberpunky, it's sort of in the Blade Runner or earlier, like pre pre an understanding of what like computers and neon really kind of looked like. Right. Sure. A lot of like, um, do you know? I think the specific visual point for me for the city is: Do you know the montage in? any cartoon where a character is going on like a bender and they're wandering oh, through yeah. a city and there's just signs that are floating in the fog. Oh, 100%. That specific visual is my reference point for the city. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I, I love that a lot. Um, I, I think that's, that definitely anchors it in a certain sort of place for me. Okay. So I think maybe the thing that Mr. Persnicket longs for again is like the night sky. I think you can't see it very well here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think the only stars you see are the blinking of planes, like, which raises the question of who is flying a plane right now, but. Right, exactly. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. 
So you'll start the game with uh, the following stats. Uh, you'll have Resilience 2. Let me write this down real quick. Resilience 2. A Limit 3. Limit 3. Primo 0. And 5 Rest Dice. Okay, cool. Uh, and then if you open up the rule book and flip to, I believe it's the last page or the second to last page. So on the second to last page, which is your character sheet, you can also choose two advances on the left hand side. Uh, some of those are, are bonuses to your stats. Some of them will uh, put your dice size up, which, say, which means you'll normally be rolling a D6, but you'll be rolling a D8 or 10 or 12 or what have you. Uh, you can pick two of these. Okay, so I can pick two of these. I think I'm going to pick, um, uh, and again, I really don't know, like, a ton about any of these stats, so I, I'm immediately drawn to scavenge. That feels good to me. All right. So I'll take plus scavenge. That What that means is you're more, is when you scavenge, when you're resting, when you scavenge for food, you roll an extra dice, so you're more likely to succeed. Okay, are we going to be doing a lot of resting then, because this is a shorter session? We'll probably do like we'll probably do at least one round of scavenge, at least one round of resting to get the full picture of the game. Okay, well then I'll keep scavenge, and then I'll also take um, what is resilience versus limit? Uh, resilience is the number of consequences you can suffer, the amount of like mm-hmm. stuff that can weigh you down before you are before you are knocked out of a dance battle. Like it is the amount of it is the amount of uh, pearl necklaces that uh, Rumple Teaser can put on you before you are taken out of the out of the song. Sure. Okay. Cool. And then limit. So limit is is the amount of consequences you can take before you start to lose your abilities. So 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 once you pass your limit, you start to lose abilities until you also get to your resilience, at which point you're taken out of a conflict. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. Let me just re- make sure that is correct. Oh, so yeah, resilience is basically the consequences you take in a clash, and then mm-hmm. consequ and then consequences outside of that they push you to your limit. Okay, got it. Cool. Um, and then the dice size up advancements are just like bonuses to when I have to do rolls, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I will. I guess I'll take um a plus resilience. Okay. So does that mean I start with three instead? Yes. All right, great. My problem with games like this, in terms of like the mechanics of them, and I'm finding this out more and more about myself as I go along, is that I really like losing games. I, <laughs> I really like in games such as this, in games that lean more towards um, anything that's not D&D, it, losing is very fun. I think that exploring oh, yeah, sure. like the the conditions of failure in a game like this that is narratively driven is so interesting to me that when it comes to character creation, I like never want to make my character stronger. <laughs> I I completely understand that. I know that feeling exactly. I know that feeling exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, cool. So that's what I'll do. I'll take a plus scavenge and a plus resilience. So I have resilience three, limit three, primo zero, and I have five rest dice. Ooh, we need to talk about my coat coloration. Oh yes, please tell me about the coat coloration. Tell me what your cat. Tell me what your cat looks like. I think that Mixer Persnicket um is well. Okay, I think he just looks like my cat. Um, so my cat is a a black and white cat. He's not like straight up tuxedo cat with a little like vest on him. He um 
He's sort of like patchworky black and white splotches. But my favorite thing about my cat is that his face is mostly white with like black ears. But on his nose, it looks like he has a black paw print mark. It looks like somebody just like plopped a black paw print on his face. So I think that's what Mr. Pritchett looks like. He's like a black and white patchwork cat, um, but with a paw print mark on his nose. I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. It's very, it's very good. And I want you to know it's very good. Thank you. I feel very valid in this space. All right. So with that, we are ready to begin. We're going to play. So the way that this game works is I have a specially assembled deck of cards. We're not going to go through the whole deck. We'll probably go through the first three or four tops. But uh, each card corresponds to an encounter where you're going to meet a rival cat. Sweet. You're going to have a dance battle, an interaction. Uh, You're going to collect some abundances. Those are things that you assemble and gather those are things such as music and food and comfort you will also um specifically those are comfort knowledge music reputation and wealth cool you will also uh cats might also want things from you and you'll try to either dance battle them to get out of it or be able to give them the things that they want all of this is on your journey to find your place in the city and survive a year until the choice is made. Right on. Okay, cool. Take me away. So where do you find yourself when you first enter the city? Like what is your, what is Mixter Persnickets, uh, what is, what is, what is his opening situation look like? Where do we find him hmm. early in his journey? I think you've had, a, you, you've started to figure out what is going on. We've seen sort of the opening musical number. Sure, where we've sure. we've seen, you know, jellical songs for jellical cats. And now we zoom in on you. Where are you? I like the idea of there being maybe kind of like a fairground or like a low budget amusement park or something to that effect where there are lots of like weird asymmetrical structures and Mm -hmm. like strange things that are sort of juxtaposed right in the middle of what is otherwise like a functional city. So you have like building, 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 building. And then like in the middle, sort of wedged into this awkward area, you get like weird steel structures and like awkward lights. And it's kind of run down and like a little bit dingy, but um, still stands kind of in stark contrast to everything else around it. And maybe there's like uh, a a big fence that sort of Mm -hmm. surrounds it. And I think that Mr. Persnicket wakes up sort of, um, inside where this fairground is, but where you can see through the fence to the city outside. So sort of in like this liminal space inside of a liminal space. And I think that, um, waking up maybe like on this deserted fairground, looking out at something which is ironically much more colorful and vibrant and bright than this place is. Yeah. And so you are you are wandering through this space, right? Mm-hmm. You're figuring out, you know, you are piecing together where you are. And suddenly, from all sides, you just hear, you know, boring, boring, boring. Why is this place so boring? Why is there never anything happening in the city? And... You know, you hear this and it's just like a whisper and then it's gone, right? Like uh-huh. it's, 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 and it's echoing through these spaces, through these asymmetrical, you know, structures and buildings. And it's very rhythmic, and it's, right? Yeah, of course. And it's, it's very, 
it it has the feeling of like the Jason sound effect, you know, the 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 sound you hear when Jason. It is that kind of thing, except it's the word, you know, just <laughs> uh-huh. boring sure, is being sure. repeated. And um, it is, you know, and you hear this, and you hear this, and suddenly you see for a split second uh, a very a small cat, right? Like it doesn't <gasps> initially look like larger than a kitten. He just kind of dashes by you, pops his head into a window. And he is just like small, wiry, you know, but also kind of like light and mischievous and and puckish of like mm-hmm. pops in like boring. Come on. I, you're here. You should be having fun. Ugh, and, and pops in, pops in again, like pops out from maybe like a, a sewer grate. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, sure. Oh, why? Why are the new ones always so stoic and serious and like is popping around? Uh, this is Titney the Littlest Cat. Oh. And Titney is jabbing at you and finally, like, drops in front of you and, like, looks around, puts his hands on his hips and, like, you know, starts to, like, purse his lips and tap his... Hmm. <laughs> there does not seem to be anything happening in this city. Or does there? There's always something happening. You just have to know where to look or know where to look within yourself. And he's sort of walking around you now and kind of like jabbing at your legs a little bit. Like he's got a little tiny like cane, I picture, and kind of like catching your feet, trying to like get you to kind of march or skip or step. And he's like, there just doesn't seem to be anything. Come on, here, you and me are going to go on a journey today. I, I I would trust that you would, I would trust that you would, get, you know, I'm looking for a party. You're not it. So we're going to go find it. Uh, and specifically, Titany is asking you for a small party, which is a comfort abundance, which you don't have. Oh, I certainly don't. With no small parties here. So how do you react as Titany starts to get irritated and starts and you start to hear the snaps and the people start to pulsate <laughs> and, and, and you feel that music and rhythm start to pump in as as we cut into our first clash? Oh, I have this mental image in my head of, like, Titney sort of dashing and darting about and then comes out and, like, you know, starts circling me and jabbing at me. And maybe, like, I'm sort of sitting there, standing there, and I I start to follow him with, like, my head. And then, of course, my head doesn't turn all the way around. So, like, maybe I sort of do this awkward spin and, like, stumble back a little bit. Um, And I think that I uh, become aware of, like, the the imposition of, of more of these voices and forces around me. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Not having played this before, like, is, is there some sort of way to initiate this? Like what does starting one of these things look like? I'm assuming this would sort of be started by. Yeah. Titney, especially at this point. Yeah. He starts to kind of jab at you and starts to kind of sing a song about like the city. And this is how we Mm -hmm. kind of get a little bit of the story about how the city was always here, but Bast, the Egyptian God brought it to life. And you're kind of getting pushed into this like piece, all these kind of legend things as he starts to dance kind of at you right and the snaps start to Uh come um and now and like is formally like doing the song kind of at you in the way that the cats and cats do their songs just kind of naturally i think i'm i'm largely kind of like wide-eyed pupils very dilated in the way that you know cats sometimes are specifically uh maybe there's a moment where like i i sort of stumble backwards like overwhelmed and and you know clearly new at this maybe even uh the audience might get the impression that 
for whatever reason, this cat body that I am now in is a bit of an unnatural cat body for cats mm-hmm. where I come from. And I think maybe I like stumble into uh, a pole or a cord or something. And maybe all of a sudden, like a string of lights that has long oh, been sure. out, like yep. lights up along the span of the, the twisted leg of some, you know, low budget ride or something that towers over us. And maybe like there are some lights and some background music that starts and weird colors are now sort of flashing over the the group of us. And it's it's very, very. Um, it's overwhelming, overstimulating. Yeah, it's very, very overstimulating. And, and suddenly, like you find yourself in this like lighted space and like all of everything, the rides, the amusements, everything, the city in the distance is gone except for this white space. No more, no larger than maybe like 10 by 10 feet. Uh-huh. Maybe not even that large. And there's just pulsating bodies around you. You know, all of them kind of just moving back and forth. And mm-hmm. you realize, like, you can't go anywhere. You are trapped in this space as Titney is just, like, dancing at you and singing about all the about all the parties that Titney has gone to. And you have no choice but to dance. <laughs> uh, so here's how you dance. Uh, it is your turn to, you. first off, you will dance, and the way this works is you are going to roll 1d6. Okay. Not that one. I want this other d6. There we go. You, well, the, what you want is to collect a number of steps, uh, two step, three step, four step, etc., uh, equal to uh, Titney's clash stats. I'll tell you what those are after I've explained it. And the way you collect steps is you roll a d6, then you roll another d6 with the intent of rolling a higher number. Oh, okay. Interesting. You can continue to roll as many times as you want. You have a theoretically infinite number of dice, but if you roll equal to or less than your previous result, all of your steps go away. So there's a risk management of like how elaborate your dance routine is can, 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 can come back to haunt you. I love that. That's so fun. Who wrote this game? Uh, this was written by, pull up their name. Uh, this was written by Midsummer Meinberg. It's a, Midsummer, this rules. This rules. This is a very, like, good mechanic for a dance battle. Like, for a dance battle specifically, it's very good. I was going to say, as somebody who went to a performing arts college and um, took two semesters of Broadway tap, like, this is a very good mechanic. It's very good. I like it a lot. Okay, so my first roll was a six. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not going to roll higher good. than that. Then I'm actually going to take my turn first. Uh, the, what you want to get is a two-step and a two-step. You can always use uh, more dice, uh, more steps for a smaller result, but the numbers that you want is just two two-steps. Okay. So I'm now going to roll. I am rolling 4d4, uh, and what I want to get is slightly different than yours. Uh, I am giving you a piteous stare. Uh, I'm giving you <laughs> I'm giving you some smoldering glances. I'm going to make you fall in love uh-huh, with me. I'm going to inflict the adoring consequence. To try and, like, draw you into, like, the chase throughout the city to get you caught up in the nightlife. Oh, man, of course. So I'm going to roll four four-sided dice. I want to get a one, two, three, and a four. And any results I get towards that are locked in place. Okay. So I rolled a four, a three, a four, and a four. So my four and three will right. lock in place, which means next turn I will be rolling two dice and I want to get a one and a two. Got it. Okay. So I am I am giving you the most haunting look as I tell you about all the hottest parties, everything in this city that I swear you simply have to see. You simply will not understand it. There is no way to experience the city except to experience the city. 
I think my ears are a little bit flattened back, like maybe visibly overwhelmed. But despite that, my question mark tail is flicking curiously. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I rolled a six last time. I, I start over every time, yes, right? Yes, you start over every okay, time. Okay, so I'm not trying to collect anything new. Um, okay. So that time I rolled a five. Okay. So, um, so what I'm trying to do if I roll again is to roll equal to or higher than that. Is that right? Uh, you want to roll specifically higher. You want to roll a six on your next dice. Got it. Okay. Um, and if I choose not to roll again. Uh, I believe nothing. I believe you get nothing. Okay. If I do roll again and fail. You st- you also get nothing. You lose nothing. Then I might as well roll again, right? Yes, exactly. Cool. Then I'm going to roll again. And I rolled a four. Okay. Then I'm going to roll my 2d4 and try to get a one and a two. Okay, sweet. That's a three and a four. So I, I make no progress. I am Aha. still, I tell you about, you know, the, the bowls of milk as <laughs> the bowls of milk that are a mile wide, cupboards full of cupboards full of catnip, milk bowls a mile wide. I tell you, you are going to see some things tonight that you will never, ever forget. Ooh, okay. Roll again. That's a five. Why am I? God, I'm so bad at dance battling. You're you are you are rolling some hot d6s here. I rolled a five and another five. Okay. I I I I feel like this is right for your first dance battle is getting a oh, little yeah, overwhelmed. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think I'm very very overwhelmed. I think that you know again like years are back. Maybe at, at one or two points you sort of like extend a hand and, and draw me into a part of the dance, but I fumble yeah. the steps. Yep. And I'm, I I I when you as soon as you fumble, I like throw my hand. I'm like pa. Forget you. <laughs> I've rolled a, a two and a two, so I will lock that two in place, which means I have to roll a one. Right, okay. Come on, D6. <laughs> God. <laughs> I rolled a six. Okay. Why these dice love me too much. I'm pulling dice, out different D6s. <laughs> these dice love you too much. And in all the wrong ways. Yes. So that is a two. So I am still, I am still, fum- I'm still telling you tales of, you know, there is not a, there is not a, neither Tabby nor Tomcat can resist the call <laughs> of the city. We're repeating the chorus again, which is why you keep getting yes. the same thing. Okay, that time I rolled a three. Okay. And then followed it up with another three. Okay. That's a three. That's we're a just, three. We're, 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 we are like, this is, this is, this is the... Opening dance battle, which makes sense that it is like long. This opening and, and number is really out. long and not that interesting. Critics agree it's not the best of the. It's not the best part of the film. It's it's an opening number. Okay, it's there setting. we go. That time I rolled a one. Okay. And then a four. Okay, so that is a two step. That's going to knock out one of Titney's two steps. Great. Okay. You could keep going, which could knock out both of his two steps in a single turn, or you could stop here and knock out one of them. Um, you know what? Let's try it again. Let's roll big. Okay. <laughs> and now this dice gives me a two. So, you know what? Never mind. Okay. That is also a two. Yet, uh, you, I think I think what we see is a moment where, like, you almost, you know, I. Uh, it's actually very good now that I think it through. Uh-huh. Because this that's definitely a moment where, like, you almost outdance me, right? Like, there's yeah, definitely, definitely that moment. This is you learning. This is, this is, this is mixed. Uh, this is you learning to dance. This is Mixter Persnicket, like, le- like doing that incredible flourish, and then I stop uh-huh. cold in my tracks, 
and I have to like recover myself. I probably ha- I'm now picturing a little vest that I have to adjust. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the other cats who are watching like see me do this thing, and there's kind of this expectant hush that falls over, and then all eyes are on you. And I, I I'm just I I have to like compose myself as you have another moment to dance. All right, I roll a four followed by a. That one rolled off the desk. Four followed by another four. Okay. That is another two. It is, it is, yeah. I think they, I think they stare to you and like, there's that moment where you just feel all of these eyes like set upon you, right? Mm -hmm. And there's that moment of like, how do you act in that moment? You may continue to roll. I rolled a two. All right. That's a four followed up by a three. And that is a three. If we are just like staring each other <laughs> down, right? Like we have, I think, so I think at this point we started both dancing. Like now, oh, now yeah. you're getting the taps to it. And now we're both kind of dancing. Like we're fully into the battle. Now. I feel like for a minute, maybe it was like my favorite part of any opening musical number where there was like a tap tap on your side and like a yep. look at me and like, I do the same thing and like, I'm learning the steps, but I'm not quite outpacing you. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm kind of like, uh, I'm, uh, Forgive the pun, please. I'm asking Always. you to forgive the pun. I'm playing cat and mouse with you now. Like, 100%. I am consciously, I'm, like, teaching you the dance moves in that way that, like, I'm very obviously, like, a bit of a spoiled child, but also older and wiser than I let mm-hmm. And there's, like, a little bit of generosity there, a little bit of playfulness, a little bit of, like, yeah. all right, new kid. But at the same time, like, you're not quite ready to let go of your ego that much. Yeah. I love it. Uh, that's a... Whoop. Five followed by a six. All right, that's the two step. That's one of that's one of Titney's two steps down. All right, and that is a one. So I'm going to inflict a consequence upon ah, you. Ah, okay. Um, I choke so, in the final moment. Actually, this is perfect. Um, so you're still in the fight. You're uh-huh. still in the battle, but you take a consequence of adoring. Ooh, okay. And and this is perfectly timed too, because what happens here is. You are you finally just whip out like a killer dance move and outdance uh-huh. me, and in that moment, like this stops being a dance battle and starts being a duet. Ooh, I love that. Like that's when we start dancing, doing coordinated moves, uh-huh. and now the music has swelled up to the final chorus, and we are just like we are truly dancing with each other, as it is as it is you know you and I like tearing it up together. Mm-hmm. In that way that like that's that's kind of that I think th- if if I may project I think that's that adoring feeling right is like now I'm your dance now I'm your dance partner one hundred percent yes absolutely so now you may roll again you take that consequence and roll again as long as it's below your limit you are you are able to continue to roll or res- your resilience rather as long as it's under your resilience you may continue to roll okay so I can have up to three consequences right yes I can take consequences yes. up to okay perfect. So then that is a oof, doofa five followed by a one. Okay. It's a wash for me. That is a one, two, two, and two. So I'm going to take a one and a two. Hold on to my other two dice as I am now like fully, you know, it is a fully duet dance and mm-hmm. it is truly like tearing it up with you as I'm like truly being like, you can just explore the city. Like, we can explore the city together. I can be your guide to the world of the city. You have no idea what's out there, and I can show you. Maybe there's even this moment of, like, peeling back a corner of the fence. 
like from Mm -hmm. the park out into the rest of the city, capital T, capital C. Yep. All right. That's a three followed up by a four. That's it. Bazinga. You have have bested (laughs) Titney the littlest cat. How, what, what does the magical flourish look like when you best Titney the cat? Both in terms of like the dance moment and also just like what is, what is, what is Mixter overcoming Titney look like? Ooh, I think the dance move that I want to pull off is like a really cool um, sort of tap thing where there's like a sequence and maybe there's like spin, spin, like perfectly executed pirouette. And then I think because um, Mixter Persnicket is the high rise cat, I want it to have like some Mm -hmm. element of sort of acrobaticness to it. I think that's his thing. Um, Like if this were a musical and I were casting it, whoever plays this cat needs to have an element of gymnastics to their, their dance ability. And so I think it's one of those really dope moves where like you sort of run up the wall a little bit and do a backflip. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yep. That's the move. I think landing in like just uh what's like a really cool way to land that move i think that um in like the superhero pose where it's one hand down one hand up and it like you then like your your head whips up that's kind of what i was thinking yeah it's like a three-point anime landing but (laughs) out of a backflip out of a tap dance backflip And I think what we get is we get this shot of, like, this cool move, I land, everybody sort of gasps, and then, like, you follow the track of my head up as, like, my head snaps up, and I look, and I think just over the fence, I don't see the glimmer of the night sky, but I do see the glimmer of lights on the buildings just beyond the fairground, and for a second, they almost look like the same thing. Yes, and it's perfect. I love it. So, and I think, um, I think how you kind of exit out of this is Titney kind of opens up the fence and I almost picture like as you're doing that like you go above right like mm, you, yeah. you flip and like your segue out of this moment is like you flip above on into this and like you know we watch you along the tops of the fences and we watch you like skipping and dancing your way through yes I love it until you find yourself like and we watch you kind of effortlessly slide down a we watch you um, I so a little bit of, of background, just a little bit of gameplay clarification. Like I said, I uh, the way that we are determining encounters mm-hmm. in Angelical Life is I have this specially assembled deck of cards. Cool. Each one corresponds to an entry in the book for one of the rival cats. I love it. Uh, and then the, at periodic, and then there's a map that you follow, like a progress tracker that tells you like when you're facing an encounter, when you are resting. Uh, at certain points, I am discarding cards that move you closer to the ending of the game. Cool. Okay. Um, and so so uh, the card that I just drew here, I'm very excited about. All of this is to say that the card that I just drew, which is the <laughs> two of clubs. Uh-huh. Quick mechanical question before you pull that sweet, yes. sweet reveal. Um, do I clear consequences after a clash or do I keep them? Um, That's what I'm trying to figure out, I believe. You keep them. Um, I'm double. Ch- yes, you want to keep them. Okay, sweet. So I feel like this adoring is maybe now a little bit more um, widespread, a little more all encompassing. Maybe I'm just very enamored of the bright lights in the big city. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Um, you slide your way down. You slide your way down a fire escape. You know, we watch you gracefully do this. You land. 
uh, and you're in a back alley. At which point, um, there is a ruffling, a rustling from a trash can as uh, a cat pulls out like a very cartoony fish skeleton. Uh, yes, of course. Um, just, you know, just starts gnawing on it. And, um, partially like just the way that the way that this cat is so, the, 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 and this cat comes out, uh, they are wiry and mm-hmm. orange and black and matted fur. They are, um, rats, like the rats all start to peek out of their little <laughs> thing and start to like whistle and, and like click a little tune as we meet Trashington the Trash Cat. Trashington! Oh! <laughs> the- Trashington's official description, um, Trashington is just the worst cat, like so awful. <laughs> they always smell, always digging through trash piles. They are extremely gross and no one likes them. Oh, Trashington. I love Trashington. I love Trashington. I want to imagine that Trashington's musical number is very like, um, Jammin' in the Jungle style, like, you know, just lots of weird stomp-esque percussion and, like... The rats are definitely doing stomp. Trashington is voiced by Danny DeVito. Thank God. That is important to know. (laughs) Is that in, like, the official character lore? No, I... This is a (laughs) Jeff Stormer detail. I love it. I love that. Trashington, like, emerges and is just furious and outraged and, like, just kind of jabs at you as they are, like... Sandwich. Sandwich. Come on. Ah, you're no good. You're no good. <laughs> and starts to do their weird, like, techno dance, like, stomp dance number. How do you react to Trashington the Trash Cat? I think I'm alarmed. I think, you know, I just came from this weird ethereal fairground where Titany promised me that the city was full of plenty and the first thing I find is this horrible trash cat jabbing at me for food like where are the dishes of cream a mile wide where is the like where is the 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 abundant catnip cabinets like what is happening here and I think um so okay so uh, I'm gonna ask you for your first dance roll but as you as you roll your dice um, I will. I think that's what the first verse is about, right? Is uh-huh. Trashington being like, being like, you don't listen to it's. It's all. It's a don't believe the hype song, right? Uh-huh. It's, sure, sure. It's you think it's bright lights and you think it's bright lights and shining. I'm showing you what the city really is, and it stinks. The city stinks, and Trashington stinks, and everything stinks. If the only <laughs> thing, if you think, if you think it's, st- if you think anything doesn't stink, I'll tell you what. That's you thinking you're new. You know, you know what doesn't stink. I love it. We say you know what because the buttholes were edited out. <laughs> Release the stormer cut. Release it. <laughs> All right. Roll your dice. Sweet. You are again trying for two two steps. Okay. Well, there's a two. I'm going to follow it up with a <laughs> with the one. Cool. All right. I'm going to I'm going to roll right. 3d4 Sweet. trying to get two fours. Okay. That is a 4. That is a four. Holy shit. And that is a one. <laughs> okay. So that is, so that means I'm inflicting on you the stinky consequence. Oh, the stinky consequence. I think, so I think that is exactly what happens is I like guide you through a set piece uh-huh. of like pure trash, right? Like oh, yeah. I'm like, this is, this is the, and I'm like kind of mocking. I, it's a little bit of an inversion of Titany's sure, song sure. where it's like, I am showing you, um, I am showing you like the realist, the real city. So like I show you a, um, 
uh, I show you like a, a bowl of milk, but it is like curdled and rotten, and I like, push you into it. I was gonna it, say I'm very much in, like, seeing a moment where like you you sort of shove me in the chest to make a point, and I fall, like stumble backwards into it. Yep. As I continue my song, so you're gonna take the stinky consequence. I forgot to mention you do get one experience from uh, out dancing, out dancing Titney. If you get three experience, you can mark an advancement. Sweet. Okay. So, what right. is your next move as you as you Me wipe dance off roll the again. very comical, very comical uh, cottage cheese that you're covered in? So, I rolled a two, and if I could just keep that, that's one of my two steps, right? Yes. Okay, I'll just do that then. Um, I'm not playing games with these dice today. I'm going to keep that two step, and I think that maybe, um, uh, what can I do here? I think that. I I pull myself up out of this and I sort of brush myself off, you know, sort of shimmy shake out my fur a little bit. And maybe there's a moment where, like, I don't know, maybe I can, like, pull some piece of garbage out that's, like, a piece of brightly colored glass or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, the lights can sort of, like, filter through it in a way that sort of creates maybe this oh. this weirdness of, like, carnival glass light in the alleyway. Yeah, you pull out like a chunk of broken glass, but it forms like a so it forms a prism. Yeah, you, you flash it. It hits me, and for a split second, I am wearing like a full tuxedo, like I am oh, a yeah. beautiful tuxedo cat. And then you pull it away, and I'm back to being Trashington. Yes, perfect. And I'm gonna roll my three d four again as I'm like and like it's it kind of it kind of for a brief moment like there's this there's maybe a few lines about like you know, kind of echoing the previous song about, like, the lights and the brightness and it kind of, Uh like, is this moment where I I kind of have to pull you back to reality. With a three, a four, and a three. So I'm going to lock that four and roll two dice on my next turn. But I'm, yeah, I'm, like, pulling at you and I'm like, no, no. It stinks. It stinks. Everything stinks. This city is trash. And I know trash. (laughs) All right, let's see. I'm going to roll a three, followed up by a... Wait, I'm trying to get another two-step, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get a four or better. Okay, sweet. Aha, I got a four. All right, you have bested, you have bested Trashington. Aha. Trashington, um, so yeah, there's this, and uh, like, like, I'm telling you all of this, but for like, and suddenly, you know... What does it look like? How do how do you best Trashington the trash cat? Mm, I think that I um I sort of get roped into like what you're saying for a second and maybe like start sort of tentatively following your steps. Um and then you say something about how like there's nothing good here, there's no one good here, that includes you. I get kind of miffed and irritated and maybe I like slam over a trash can, more brightly colored stuff like flies out of it. And then we've got sort of like these shards of colorful glass, like not only sprinkled across the floor of the alleyway, like diamonds. And we've got like uh, maybe something in there becomes like colorful streamers Mm -hmm. that sort of drape themselves across the fire escape. And I think I start just like making a ruckus in here and like kicking over trash cans and like roping the rats into this like weird thing that we're doing and And sort of just strewing like pieces of garbage into something else, like to the effect of, you know, if you choose to look at it as trash, it's trash, but I want to see something different. 
And I think, like, the final verse of the song is Trashington fully buying into your way of seeing it, right? Like, they are yeah. they are kicking and dancing, and the two of you just have, like, the most wonderful time. And it's this very, like, raucous, like, Vegasy thing by the end, yeah. right? Yeah, Because, yeah. like, it and is trash, but it's colorful, glittery trash. Oh, yeah, it's for sure. I mean, and and, and, and Trashington is fully in the tuxedo. Now, mind you, it is, like, a, tu- a patchwork tuxedo. Like, oh, it's a patchwork tuxedo, yeah. An elbow is missing, but it's still a tuxedo, and they look great. Really, really gaudy, like sequin bow tie. Oh, for sure. And the two of you do your huge thing, and they finally, like, everyone's clapping, the rats scatter, and they pull you in close, and they just whisper in your ear, like, do not listen to anything anyone says. Everyone in this city is going to try and lie to you and manipulate you and play you against what you really want. The only thing that matters. And they kind of jab you, like, a little too hard and a little too sharply, Uh like, right in the middle of the chest is what you want and how you are going to get through this city. Remember that. That is the choice. Forget the choice. That is the choice. And there's this moment of, like, very seriousness. Mm -hmm. As they immediately then spin around and, like, go back to, like, all right, rats, let's party. (laughs) And I think I'm sort of left, like, rubbing my sternum where where they jabbed me a little bit too harshly and... And looking back out at the city, and my eyes are still very wide, but a little bit cautious now, maybe. Yeah. Um, not as, like, alarmed and overwhelmed as earlier. Uh, did Tidney, in his original song, mention the choice at all, or is this the first I've heard of it? I, I think kind this of is, like how ominous that is. I like that this is the first reference to it. I like that Tidney yeah. was just all about, like, glamour, and this is the first time you've heard about this, like, thing that you have no context for what it is. Like, yeah, don't believe anybody about the choice, and I'm like, whoa, what's that? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, yeah, and so now you are left by yourself, slightly... Do I get another experience? Uh, you actually get an abundance of knowledge. That is what that, that sort of, uh, that is what that ominous reference to the, to the choices is, an abundance of knowledge. Abundances are resources that you have earned, found, or wrested away from your rivals. They are powerful bargaining chips, but represent the splendor that you're able to wrap yourself in during your long sojourn through the city. Cool. Their their presence may ease his burdens and opens doors. Their absence makes the world all the colder. Basically, like what that means is you have learned some things. You've learned some secrets. Which I can now wield like in the way that I carry myself, right? Yes. Cool. And so with that, we come to our first rest scene. Ooh, we're resting now. Um, yes, you're left by yourself, right? Like this is, you know. Mm-hmm. We get to, like, an ensemble number as we kind of watch you scamper through the background. Cool, I love that. So here's how this works. Um, You have five rest dice. Mm -hmm. You may roll each of those dice. Uh, You may assign any number of of those dice to three actions. Scavenging, which is scavenging for food, trying to find resources, trying to find things. Uh, You also have a bonus dice for scavenge. So you you are guaranteed to roll at least one dice for scavenge. You can also reflect, which allow you to convert your consequences to experience. Okay. Uh, You can also heal, which will allow you to shake off consequences. You don't get to turn it into experience, but healing lets you get rid of multiple consequences quickly. Ooh, good quest. Okay. Okay, cool. So I think I want to, um, do I assign dice pools and then roll them to see what happens? Or can I like roll one, see how it goes, and then... We can go take it one dice roll at a time. Especially because that'll let okay. us tell the story of what this sort of period looks like. Yeah, totally. So I think um, I automatically get one scavenging. 
So that doesn't take anything away from my pool of five, right? No, no, no. Great. So I'm going to go ahead and roll my, like, guaranteed scavenge yeah. die. And that's a d6 as well? Yes. Okay, great. That is a six. Six. You gain two abundances of your choice. Those abundances are, I will remind you, those abundances, there are five kinds of abundances. You could take comfort, food, warmth, shelter, all the basic necessities, but bumped up to an opulent degree. Uh, you can take knowledge, which is forbidden lore and hidden secrets about the universe. You can take music, music, of course. Uh, you can take reputation, which is your sheer, like your presence in the city, the amount that people know you. Or you can take wealth, which is money and wonderful things. Oh, well, all of those are pretty cool. Um, I think I am going to take one for music. Okay. So I get one abundance of music. And then I have one more, right? Yes. Um, I kind of like the idea of taking one of reputation. Just like I'm starting to make waves. Like I showed up and like I've had these two kind of flashy scenarios. And now I'm just sort of scampering through the background. But I think maybe even this ensemble number is about like people starting to sort of murder oh, yeah. my name. It's a, it's a little bit of a montage of like, like it's, oh, who's the new kid? Yeah, yeah. it's 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 it's. Uh, it's Mixter Persnickets song one as it's sort of a montage of cats singing about you and like whist uh -huh. doing, doing that I very kind of game of telephone like Mixter Persnicket, Mixter Persnicket. Yeah, and a lot of it is me sort of like uh, skittering along the edges of fences or, or prowling like up on fire escapes is sort of like I'm not quite the high rise cat right now. I'm I haven't ascended fully to where I used to be, but I am getting like a little bit of elevation and like starting to be able to look down on things and feel a little bit more comfortable. I think that my dancing is more elegant when I'm up on something. Hmm. Cool. So I got two abundances there, which rules. Yep. Um, I would like to, so I have five more dice left. Um, I want to reflect, maybe turn some of this into experience. Oh, I see that. Uh, okay, yeah. Roll me a d6 for reflect. Okay, sweet. That is another six. Dang. Uh, These dice roll high and do nothing else, I guess. Okay, a six on a reflect. You can convert two, uh, three, up to three consequences to experience. Okay, well, I only have two consequences. Which plus your one experience from Titany means you get to mark in advance. Sweet. Okay, great. So I will... Um, let me look at these advancements again. <clears throat> Maybe I will take... What does Primo do? We haven't used that yet. Primo is the number of resets allowed in a clash. When you roll below your previous result, you may choose to spend a Primo to reset the tempo, count that latest result as successful. So if you roll a 1, 4, and then 3, you can spend that uh -huh. uh, Primo to turn that action into an automatic 3-step. So basically, uh, you can then save, you You get a number of saves, basically. You can save your actions. Oh, right on. That rules. That's very good. Um, I'll I'll take one of those. This game is mechanically very good. Like, the yeah. sheer, like, mechanics of how everything interacts is very good. And it's very cool. It's really, really neat. I, um, I usually, like, the fewer mechanics in a game, the better for me. Just because I like to drive everything as narratively mm -hmm. as possible. But I do think that this is really cool. Like, this is crunchy in a way that I find very satisfying because the world is very complicated and weird. Yeah. But it's also, like, very elegant in the way that everything sort of 
like creates momentum with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, everything play everything works together nicely, but nothing feels like I don't under like nothing feels like I don't understand it or like that I have like everything feels like I immediately get it and I also see how it clicks together. Yeah, definitely. And like it, it seems complicated, but as soon as I do a thing once, I'm like, oh that makes sense. Like that seems like it should work that way. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love it. Well that rules. So you have so Yeah, so I'll take three, that one you primo. Have three more dice. I have three more dice, which is a lot of dice. Um, I have no consequences. I have one primo. My experience resets. So I would recommend taking those. Uh, so I would probably just scavenge for those yeah. other three abundances. I'll just scavenge some more. That sounds that sounds dope to me. Okay, so scavenge die. Uh, that's a one. <laughs> Great. Uh, so you are taking a consequence. Fun. You take the exhausted consequence. I think like what it is, I think what it is, is like we're seeing you do all of these acrobatic stunts, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because I think, but I think what it is, is there's this sort of like horror moment where you like find yourself doing more than you thought you had planned on. Mm hmm. Like, you're just, you, you, it, it, it's turning from, like, dance into desperation as, as people are whispering, as you are, you are hearing these things. It's just, like, dancing, dancing, and you're just going harder and harder, and you're suddenly feeling like what, you're suddenly for a moment thinking about what Trashington said about how everyone is trying to get you to do something, and it just mm. feels like by whispering about you, everyone is starting to push you a little harder, a little faster. Right, yeah, and the tempo maybe of the song that's going on, like, starts picking up, and so maybe, like, there's a sequence where, like, I go into, you know, again, one of these, like, very elegant sort of pirouettes, but then it turns into another one and another one and another one, and there's sort of, mm-hmm. like, this franticness to it as the tempo accelerates a bit, and then I sort of stop maybe, like, just before I would fall over the edge of some like fence post or building or something. And there's sort of this moment of precarity of like being on the edge and not having realized that that's how far I had gone. Yes. And so uh, roll me two more scavenge or, well, you can roll me two more scavenge or you can try to convert that exhaustion into experience. No, I think I'll I'll keep that consequence actually. Um, I'm going to roll two more unless this next scavenge die goes really badly. (laughs) Yeah. That's a three. Okay, you gain one abundance of your choice. Cool. Okay, I'll take um, an abundance of comfort. I think that makes sense to me if I'm scavenging. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, we're, you know, we're seeing you kind of like, we're seeing you sneak into some places and, and open those cabinets and find that catnip, right? Yeah. Like we're seeing you do those those things and find a little bit of that city that you were promised. And that's even a little bit more um, like menacing, I think, because there's this moment of like, whoa, okay, maybe there's, like, a dark underbelly to this thing that's happening here. I'm a little freaked out. And then, like, those same cats that are kind of edging you on and, like, uh, making you go a little bit harder than you two are like, oh, no, shh, 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 don't worry about it. No, the city's great. Shh, come here, come here. Like, no, 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 here's everything. Like, here, let us show you where the good stuff is. All right, and then they roll another one. Boom. It's another six, baby. Oh, take two more abundances. Goodness gracious. Um, well, you know what? Just so I can collect them all, I'll take one of wealth. Okay. Um, and then I will take another one of music. I like that one. And I think that segues us into our next encounter. Mm-hmm. 
as like um you're hearing this music and suddenly like there's just you know you're hearing music it's pumping and it's throbbing and it's like it's really building right like we're seeing rats Mm -hmm. kind of trumpeting around (laughs) and they're doing a lot of the stomp music and suddenly like you hear it but suddenly you hear like a splash Ooh! and it sounds like you and or maybe you don't even hear it you feel a splash and everything Mm -hmm. sounds like it's underwater you know the music sounds distant and you see it like you see people dancing around you you feel comfortable you see people whispering about you but it all kind of sounds like it's from and and sudden suddenly it's fine and then suddenly and like there's that it's it and you're just kind of looking around trying to understand why and maybe like having a little bit of trouble catching my balance which is like a very unsettling thing for a cat yeah and and you're kind of like looking around trying to catch your balance and you swear you swear you see a cat you swear you see a cat just like leaning against a wall watching you mm-hmm. you swear you can see a cat but yet you can't quite get your eyes on them Ooh, they okay. can't quite and 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 slowly like you just feel you know, everything, you look around and suddenly you just start to see, like, water stains on the walls of the very nice, like, bedroom that you're in, right? And suddenly, everybody seems just very wet. Everybody seems like everything is suddenly sweating, but also just just soaked and slippery and sticky. And you suddenly, finally, like, the cat kind of just emerges. And it is Fred, the hollow cat. Oh. And Fred starts to, like, sing his song. Does Fred, like, have my face and speak with my voice? And, like, put a hand around my... Th- like, I'm very threatened by Fred. <laughs> I, I love Fred singing in your voice. I love that. <laughs> I think I think you hear Fred's voice and your voice, like, laid Ooh, over top of and time. I'm not saying anything, but, like, I do hear my voice. Yeah, you hear the duet. Um, and Fred starts to tell you the story about Fred was a quiet cat. Never, never the main character. When suddenly Ebenezer expressed his affection to the cat, and but Fred was an angelical. Ebenezer was a devil cat. They, their their love could not last. Ooh. And so Fred, the angelicals chased Fred into the into the river, and he emerged as a hollow cat. Oh. And he is haunted, and he he is whispering all of this, and he kind of like gestures at your. He gestures at, like, the the kind of fineries that you've kind of uh, cat burglared. Again, forgive the pun. They're just there. <laughs> we just have to accept them. You find he kind of gestures at your the, the, the jewelry that you're wearing, and he kind of, like, scoffs at it. And he's like, angelical treasures mean nothing to me. The... The, and he kind of gestures again at, like, the food that you've... The, the, the food that is on the table in front of you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the, the, the finest feast of a devil cat is not what fred needs now and like he's doing this and he's wearing this like long very kind of almost uh revolutionary war trench coat type deal that's just dripping wet Ooh. and it's just and he's whispering all these things about like oh no like i do not need a, i do not need the prizes of a devil cat i do not need the love and affection of an angelical i need and he stops and he slams a foot in front of you i need pain and he just and suddenly like you just feel like, again, you are the only person in this world except for Fred staring at you. He is uh, he is demanding pain. He is demanding that you give you take the suffering consequence 
or else you have to clash. That's freaky, Fred. Um, so I can choose between clashing or just taking the consequence? Or just taking the suffering consequence. Interesting. Narratively, the part of my brain that's sitting in the backseat and watching this movie feels like this isn't a clash. I feel like this is just a consequence. You know what I mean? Like, sort of narratively, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this makes more sense to me that this wouldn't be an equivalent meeting of powers. I think this would just sort of be like, a you know, I just had this period of, like, coming into, like, four more abundances and, like, life is good. And then this cat shows up out of nowhere and I'm totally thrown off. And this is the first hollow cat I've ever seen. And everything is so freaky. And this cat is just, like, pain. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I don't think I have a choice in the matter. You know what I mean? Like, I think this feels mm-hmm. very direct to me. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and mark suffering. Okay. And uh, as that is happening, um, the second you accept that suffering, right? The second mm-hmm. you kind of, you you, you know, you, you, you feel it, right? Like, and suddenly you are wet and suddenly, like, you are cold and shivering. And then suddenly you start to hear rumbling. You start to hear, you start to hear, like, whispers as suddenly like the hollow cats start to rumble about like are you accepting are you accepting the offer of the hollow cats i think i like stumble forward onto like all four horrible badly edited hand paws and maybe like cough up river water and the things around my neck feel so much heavier and suddenly like um fred like claps his hands together and like backs into the wall and you see like this disgusting water stain as suddenly sitting on the table munching on an apple is thimblejack the hollow cat oh another hollow cat uh a air pronouns okay thimblejack begins telling you about how uh air life was not good in the city and how uh a was once nice uh a was once had a great life a was once pretty much like you and then the city got to m and now a are a hollow cat and and they are whispering like i could have the riches of a devil cat i could have all of these prizes but i don't want those things hollow cats don't need those things hollow cats need pain and Thimblejack is also demanding you take the suffering consequence Ooh. or clash. No, I want to dance with Thimblejack. All right. Okay. Then make your make your move as you as you valiantly lash back against the uh, thrashing pain of the hollow cat. All right. Am I trying to collect two two steps again? You are trying to collect a one step, a two step, and a three Ha-ha! step. Ha! Things are so much more interesting now. All right. Especially when when uh, Thimblejack starts using air abilities. Oof. Uh, a are a have some very interesting uh, dice abilities. Oh, that's very fascinating. So, how do I collect a one step? Uh, one step is I think you just roll that one dice. Okay, great. So I can just if I roll something and I choose not to add any other dice to it, I can just take that as a one step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can choose to say, I'm taking this as a one-step, but then you can also choose to go further and try to clear out that two-step or three-step. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, sweet. Um, Well, that is a literal one, so I'm going to go ahead and try to keep going, because that is maybe the best chance I'll get. And that's a two. So life's looking pretty good right about now. I'm going to go ahead and roll again. I may regret this. Ah, that's another one. Now, do you want to use your... Ooh, I have a primo. Primo. You're so right. 
Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and use that. Okay. Uh, so you clear out the three step. A is going to roll five dice. Okay. That's a lot of dice. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, a is trying to get a one, two, three, four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take aside any of my dice that match that theme. I rolled a three, four, and six. Oof, okay. So I am going to put those dice aside. However, A is rolling three dice, which means that the next turn I am again rolling five dice. What? Which means it is way more likely that I get like, it, it gives me a ton of dice Holy to play shit, with. Holy shit, Thimblejack. Thimblejack ain't playing. A slaps. <laughs> a slaps. Okay, cool. Um, like I said, this game is mechanically so cool. Yeah, it's really, really neat. Okay, great. So I cleared out my three step. I'm trying to get a one step and a two step. That shouldn't be too bad. I can do that. Yeah. Boom. Three. Um, I go and roll again, see if I can get that two step. Another three. Dang it. <clears throat> okay. Uh, a is going to roll five dice. Six, four, five. So that's one closer. Mm. One. Oof. If I get a two here, that's a five. All right. You're up. Yeah, they add. A is consciously like, and they are, they are telling you every woe that could have happened. Every puddle A stepped in every time a bird landed in front of them. They are, uh, A is just uh, like haunting you. We're like West Side Story dancing here, I think, sort of circling around each other with like a few steps thrown in. And I think, um, my life is made a little bit harder by the fact that I kind of have to like sidestep these like weird puddles of what may or may not be water. And it's kind of glistening strangely in the like, is it water? Is it blood? Is it water? Is it silver? I think every every puddle you see has a picture of Thimblejack or Mixter or both of you. Like, like you mm-hmm. see like a flash of a life, right? You see right. like, so, like you see like diff- like all of these horrible things like unfolding and they're happening to you or Thimblejack or both of you at once. And it's just like kind of bl- all of this is blurring together about like how the city goes out of its way to destroy you. Is it a memory? Is it a projection? Is it season three of Twin Peaks? Like none of us know. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. That is three. Um, I'll go ahead and keep my one step. So I have my one step and my three step and I just need to get my two step. Okay. I've got to roll five dice and get a two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need one more dice. I need more dice. Ah. Isn't that always the best thing to say in a Life game? Life is hard. <laughs> yeah, right. Three. Six, six, three, four. You are safe. Ah. Makes Tripper Snigget dances another chorus. All right. Don't get me wrong, Dice. That's a three. We're gonna go again. We gotta. That's a four. Oh, you got boom. it. You got it. Boom, you, boom, uh, boom, yeah. boom, boom. So you, um, for a moment, like, as you're dancing, I think there's a moment where you, like, glance over a puddle Mm -hmm. and for a moment um for a moment you see like all of the cats gathered in one place all of the cats singing and dancing together and you see like suddenly like you are standing alone like you're watching this puddle and you look up and there's no one around all of the mice are gone fred is gone it's just you and thimblejack but a is not looking at you a is looking in the water and you're both looking and you both see the all of these cats dancing and dancing Mm -hmm. and thimblejack walks up steps 
and is put on what looks like a balloon and floats away. And A begins to cry. And as A cries, as A cry, everything fades like water, right? Water is rushing. Suddenly the walls are crying. Everything is crying. Fred somewhere is crying. And suddenly you are alone in a wet, moldy, smelly room. And all of that pain in your shoulders is gone as you may convert one consequence to experience. Can I make one suggestion first? Yes, please. And this is just a flavor thing because I just think like there's maybe one element of Cats the Movie 2019, which we have not quite gotten to yet, which is um, everything needs to be like ridiculously sensual, right? So I just, I have this image in my mind of like, you know, we're dancing and it's like very antagonistic, but maybe like there are points where we're like weirdly close to each other. And I think like, there's this moment where we both are looking down at this puddle and before everything sort of vanishes and washes away, we look back up at each other and our faces are like really, really close to each other. And I think that's how I see like the tears welling up in air eyes, like which maybe would be sort of indiscernible otherwise. And there's this moment of kind of intense breathless vulnerability. And I see the tears start to run down air face and then everything sort of like fades and washes away. So like maybe I, I reach out to touch, um, I reached out to touch him and that's when everything just sort of like dissolves away, like washes down in this like weird sort of thrumming water sound in my ears and everything is like weird, but there's this moment of like reaching for something and it's gone. Yeah. And I think as we come to our next uh, rest scene, I think we're going to call that game. Yeah. For this, I think this is our look into a jellical year, into the angelical life of an angelical cat. Uh, that game rules. And that's the kindest really... that's the kindest thing I've ever said about anything remotely adjacent to Andrew Lloyd Webber. This game does rule. Like I'm just I'm sitting here with my my head in my hand. Like this game is incredible. Yeah. Dang. Mechanically this slaps. This very, does very slap. cool. Very cool. Very much slaps. Alex, thank you for coming and playing with me. Thank you for, for enjo- indulging in the world of Yeah, cats thanks with for me. having me again, Jeff. It is a joy to build a story with you. Uh, oh my goodness! I am I am tickled with how much I enjoyed this game. I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to regain composure and end the show, and I, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> uh, um, cool. So, real quick before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, so you can find me um, on Twitter way too frequently, which <laughs> my Twitter handle is at Coffee Detective C O F F three three Detective. Uh, you can find me on the Cryptid Keeper podcast or hosting a Horror Borealis. I'm the GM for that. It's a Monster of the Week game um, on the One Shot Network. We have a lot of fun there. You can also find me. I've designed a couple of games. Um, none of them this rad, but, you know, hope springs eternal. Uh, my biggest one is Coffee Detective, which you can find on RPG just by searching for Coffee Detective. It's a, it's a Twin Peaks-esque game. So this was very, very fun to kind of lean into that weirdness and... Uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. So thank you again for having me and thank you for picking this particular venue with which to explore because I, I had a blast. Oh, I, 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 yeah, no, no problem. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for playing this game with me. Uh, and for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Alex for coming on the show. That game was, that game was really, really good. I loved it. I loved, oh my God. I love so much about that game. I want to play more of it. I gonna, I'm going to be playing more of that game. That's just a cold, hard fact. I got, I, I want to play through a whole campaign of that, of the angelical year in the angelical life of an angelical cat. Um, 
Be sure to follow Alex on Twitter at Coffee Detective. That's C-O-F-F-3-3-Detective. Be sure to check the show notes for more information about the angelical life. And while you're on Twitter, be sure to follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show at Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Uh, give us a nice review on iTunes, Podchaser, or Stitcher. Those are the three places they go to my email, so they're the best places to review the show just because they give me validation. Um, you can also consider backing the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, which promotes just not just the podcast that I produce, but the games that I design and all the other cool stuff that I work on in a given week. Uh, you can also support the other show that I produce on my fantasy children, which is a character creation, world building and storytelling podcast on the one shot podcast network where me and my best friend, Aaron Tanos, every single week, we take a listener submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday dish at one you can also join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord and visit our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming on the show as a guest or about press coverage, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all of it. I think I got all of it. Uh, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on, everybody.